Welcome to Wild Utah, the podcast of the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance. I'm Dave Pacheco. In this episode, we're taking a look back at 2022, the challenges we faced, the coalitions we helped build, and lands we protected. We'll also take this opportunity to thank you, our steadfast members and followers. Our thanks goes way beyond words that you can read or hear. In 2023, SUA celebrates its 40th anniversary. As it has been since those early years in the 1980s, our members and supporters are the heart of the movement to protect wild Utah. And as the day-to-day work to protect wild red rock country grinds along slowly, sure progress is being made, step by hard-earned step, and we're taking the opportunity to focus on that progress in this episode. The first big news of the year actually happened in October of 2021, when President Biden restored Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante National Monuments to their original sizes. Make no mistake, these were bold moves and they gave an increased level of protection to deserving lands. But of course, the state of Utah wouldn't take the restoration lying down. Despite over a hundred years of precedent and four of the mighty five national parks in the state having started as monuments, In August, the state and a couple of counties filed a lawsuit challenging presidential authority to protect objects of scientific and cultural significance across large landscapes. Their hope is that a conservative Supreme Court will take up their case and rule against this historically significant authority. On November 22nd, just a couple days before Thanksgiving, SUA, four tribes behind Bears Ears, and conservation partners filed a motion to intervene on behalf of the monuments to give themselves a seat in court in an effort to keep the monuments intact. Time will tell how the courts rule, so keep your eyes open for news in 2023. And while the courts ponder the well-established congressional authority vested in presidents in 1906, management planning for both monuments is underway. These management plans are significant because they'll be in place for the foreseeable future, and it's imperative that the Bureau of Land Management, or BLM, get them right. The proclamations creating the monuments were very clear that the objects comprising both monuments, their vast and remote nature that protects the unique cultural, historical, biological, and paleontological values, must be prioritized over other uses. Your participation in the recently completed scoping phase was greatly appreciated, and your continued involvement in submitting comments in the next phase of environmental impact statements will be crucial. Please stand by for those opportunities in 2023. Also coming in at the end of 2021 was a thrilling endorsement of America's Red Rock Wilderness Act by Navajo Nation Council. Council Delegate Herman Daniels, Jr. said this, about their endorsement. Our support for this congressional bill sends a message that the Navajo Nation is concerned about climate change and the impact on our environment. Since time immemorial, we have lived in the canyons, mountains, and on the mesas currently managed by the federal government that would be protected and preserved by this congressional bill. For generations, our indigenous people across the United States have been the original caretakers of our sacred lands, and it will remain so. Council Speaker Seth Damon added, As the ancestral home of many tribes, the region contains abundant cultural significance that we view as imperative to preserve for generations to come. 
SUA is committed to working with tribal governments to help protect the Red Rock permanently, and we are grateful to the Navajo Nation for their support of America's Red Rock Wilderness Act. Turning attention to activities close to visitors of Red Rock Country and giving voice to an issue that's perplexed conservationists for years, in 2022, SUA addressed the question, are we loving our favorite places to death? Our first step was realizing that to solve a problem, one must first acknowledge that it exists. And when we look in the mirror, we see that the problem is us. All of us. We all experience Red Rock Country through recreation in one form or another. The unbridled growth of non-motorized recreation is a creature of many parts. The state's aggressive tourism advertising, population growth across the West, and America's rediscovery of their public lands, partly as an escape from COVID restrictions. The sea of humanity on our public lands combines with perpetually underfunded land management agencies, such as the BLM, who are poorly equipped to adequately manage this level of visitation. Failed strategies, such as dispersed camping, push people further and further into the backcountry, along with their original impacts that collectively harm natural and cultural resources, wildlife, and user experiences. Here at SUA, we believe in science. And in regards to managing recreation, the field of recreation ecology offers a scientific lens from which to see the problem better and to create a new, more sustainable recreation model that reimagines our own recreational use. Years of research by recreation ecologists have led to the conclusion that agencies like the BLM can adopt science-based zonal strategies to manage people so that their actions are less impactful to natural places. Designating front country zones can emphasize placing amenities near gateway communities where most of the visitation pressure is felt and where facilities and infrastructure are needed. And designating specific campsites and routes in the backcountry will reduce initial impacts to otherwise naturally functioning wild places. This strategy is both compatible with wilderness and accommodating for the majority of visitor needs. Responding to years and years of poor people management and the resulting damage to wildlands in the backcountry, we've recently seen some of these practices employed by Moab area BLM officials. We encourage this positive first step to continue in Moab and in wild places across the state. SUA has also been busy in 2022, encouraging the BLM to resume the practice of designating wilderness study areas to qualifying lands. Designating wilderness study areas is a step short of actual wilderness designation, which can only be granted by Congress. Yet, our rationale is simple. Protect the qualifying wildlands that still remain in the interim so that they'll still be an option for Congress to make official wilderness when that day comes. We've approached this work over the past couple of years by encouraging members of Congress to pressure the Department of Interior, which oversees the BLM, to resume the practice of designating wilderness study areas. The department has a long history of giving qualifying wildlands this interim protective status. That is, up until legal action by the state of Utah resulted in an out-of-court settlement in 2003 to halt the practice. We encourage the agency to resume use of this interim protection in light of climate change, 
declining natural habitat, and the globally recognized need to protect 30% of lands in their natural condition by the year 2030 in order to stave off the worst effects of these broader problems. Several U.S. Senators have spoken up in support of revitalizing use of interim wilderness protections. Among the leaders have been Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois and Senator Martin Heinrich of New Mexico. We thank them both for encouraging resumption of this important management practice. As anyone who's recently visited public lands in Utah knows, off-road vehicle, or ORV, use on public lands in Utah has grown exponentially in recent years, to the detriment of wilderness, wildlife, and other public land users. Now, the BLM is in the process of developing travel plans that will determine where off-road vehicles are allowed in most of Utah's most stunning and remote wildlands. Travel plans are an opportunity to develop reasonable, balanced, and forward-thinking blueprints that ensure public access while preserving the backcountry and minimizing damage. The travel planning process gives the agency the chance to get things right by providing access to trailheads, scenic overlooks, and recreation opportunities while protecting the reason people want to drive to such remote places in the first place to enjoy the unspoiled beauty of Utah's unparalleled public lands and wilderness areas. Great thanks go to our supporters who've gotten involved in the travel planning process by submitting public comments to the BLM. Because each of the agency's 11 field offices in Utah are rewriting currently flawed travel plans, your opportunity to offer solutions and chime in on reasonable travel alternatives is right around the corner. Winter and spring 2023 will likely see opportunities to comment on the San Rafael Swell, Dinosaur, and Book Cliffs area travel management plans. If you've been following Sua long enough, you'll know that for decades we've been arguing that the Utah BLM is missing the forest for the trees. Frankly, this is most often because privately owned domestic cattle on our public lands are obscuring their vision. Although 2022 saw a small decline in proposals to remove vegetation from public lands, Trump-era policies to virtually eliminate environmental review of such projects remain on the books, and we continue to challenge them at every stage. Every year, the BLM spends millions of taxpayer dollars destroying hundreds of thousands of acres of pine and pine and juniper forests and sagebrush stands throughout the West. These projects are carried out in the name of fire prevention and habitat restoration. But scientific evidence often counters the claims made by proponents of vegetation removal on public lands. These mechanical vegetation removal projects are a direct, ongoing threat to the preservation of America's remaining undeveloped public lands and functioning natural ecosystems. These are the very places that must be preserved if we are to meet America's goal of conserving 30% of its land and waters by the year 2030, which scientists overwhelmingly agree is necessary to address the interconnected issues of climate change and biodiversity. Combined with the previously mentioned rampant ORV use, these vegetation removal projects disturb fragile cryptobiotic soil. Once destroyed, these soils cease to hold desert sands in place, resulting in bigger and more frequent dust events that cause additional problems down the line, 
One such problem is the phenomenon known as red dust on snow. Much like a dark shirt observes radiant heat on a sunny day, Utah's disturbed dusts become airborne and settle on Colorado's mountains, causing early snowmelt and further disrupting already reduced flows in the Colorado River throughout the western United States. SUA will always work to keep it wild, challenging actions that reduce habitat biodiversity and destroy functioning natural ecosystems across the state. Like so many issues we tackle, instead of protecting lands, policymakers have to play catch-up in order to heal lands we've impacted after the fact. We can, and we must, do better. One example of doing better came in late April with formal endorsement of our work by powerful old friends. At their 117th annual convention, lay and clergy delegates of the Episcopal Diocese of Utah passed a sweeping resolution in support of protecting Utah wildlands. The resolution stands, as its title proclaims, in support of America's Red Rock Wilderness Act and for the perpetual protection and management of Grand Staircase Escalante and Bears Ears National Monuments. Utah Episcopalians and the broader Anglican community have a legacy of encouraging environmental stewardship and affinity for the natural world. The April action demonstrates their respect for, in the words of the resolution, the interdependent web of existence of which this fragile earth is a part. Among several aspects of the Red Rock Bill that resonate with them is the fact that these Utah wildlands contain some of the world's richest concentrations of intact sacred sites important to the spiritual well-being of Native American cultures that endure today, despite numerous challenges. The resolution further called for the passage of the Red Rock Bill to help mitigate the climate crisis, protect habitat, animals, birds, and all creatures, and to help mitigate cultural and environmental injustices. We thank the Episcopal Diocese of Utah for their demonstration of support. Among the brighter accomplishments of 2022, SUA's stewardship program continues to build and thrive through the dedication of volunteers giving their time and labor to repair some of the ongoing damages to our wild places. We've built the stewardship program on the foundation of responsiveness and adaptability. As such, every stewardship season is uniquely its own and with each project shaped by urgency, emergent issues, and on-the-ground priorities. And moving beyond our standard two-day project model, this year saw an expansion of four- to five-day projects, allowing broader remediations of impacted off-road vehicle use mountain biking, dispersed camping, and other human activities that may impair wilderness values. A case study in stewardship is the Labyrinth Canyon Gemini Bridges area northwest of Moab. This area is the subject of one of the previously mentioned travel management plans. The sheer number of stewardship projects we've run in the area over the past five years is proof that a more permanent solution is desperately needed. Under SUA's guidance, volunteers have partnered with the Moab BLM repeatedly to rehabilitate ORV damage in the sensitive riparian zone of Ten Mile Canyon, a tributary to Labyrinth in the area. We've documented and rehabilitated impacts from vehicles running over cultural sites and artifacts, 
and we've installed signs and fences have been repaired far too many times. It's been said that stewardship's key to success are dirt and diligence. While the dirt aspect is self-explanatory when a group of enthusiastic volunteers come together for a few days to accomplish a common objective, the diligence aspect spans Sua's history. Our long-term stewardship has roots in the field inventory program that documents current conditions on the ground since we began defending the Red Rock 40 years ago. Knowing the landscape helps us know where to position stewardship projects to ensure the health of our wildest places. In 2022 alone, our stewardship crews restored nearly 33 miles of illegal ORV routes and 20 social trails. We built more than 2,500 feet of fence and barrier and installed nearly 100 signs identifying wilderness, wilderness study areas, and restoration areas. We also remediated more than 70 user-made campsites and removed 1,325 pounds of trash from our public lands. You can learn more about this work and get involved at sua.org stewardship. Reflecting on 40 years of single-mindedness to protect these lands, our greatest resource in combating the local damage and more broadly, the increasing gridlock that grips the country is hope hope that we'll find it in ourselves to let the natural healing power of the land care for itself despite the arc of cumulative impact. Hope that we'll be brave enough to act on the recognition that we can do better. And hope that small steps are getting us there. Though hope may sound trite, in the past four decades, SUA and its activists have successfully protected wild Utah even when the odds were overwhelmingly stacked against us. Friends and enemies alike have warned repeatedly that we would not, could not, succeed. But we have, despite hostile politicians, administrations, and judges, because we believed we could. Consider that over the course of 50 years, from about 1935 to 1983, we lost more than half the BLM wilderness in Utah. 13 million acres, dammed, chained, drilled, or roaded. In the 40 years since, we've lost less than 2% of the remaining wilderness. That's not because the BLM suddenly discovered stewardship, and not because Utah politicians became more enlightened. It happened because of the rise of the Utah wilderness movement and SUA's diligence. We were once told that SUA is like an unstoppable desert river. Many have floated the muddy waters over the years, staff, board, members, and activists, from Utah and from across the country. We are a movement. Together, we share success, failure, and responsibility across generations. Today, there are over 5.5 million acres of BLM land in Utah that have gained some form of protection. Not all is designated wilderness, but it all enjoys meaningful protection. Putting that in perspective, this is about 500,000 acres more than Representative Wayne Owen's original proposal back in 1989 when legislation was first introduced to protect these special places. We are grateful to all of you for being a part of this effort. We hope it won't take another 40 years to reach our lofty goals, but if it does, we will be there with you. 
together. Wild Utah is recorded at SUA's main office in Salt Lake City on equipment purchased through the generosity of our members. SUA is primarily member-funded. Over 90% of our revenue comes directly from people who care about protecting Southern Utah's Red Rock Country. We're proud of that because it keeps our voice independent. If you'd like to help protect Wild Utah today, please head to SUA.org and click the Donate button. Your membership provides both political and financial strength needed to continue our work. Please also consider leaving a gift to SUA in your will or trust. Bequests are a simple, effective way for those of us who love the Red Rock to ensure that when we're gone, the work to protect these amazing landscapes will continue. In whatever form it takes, thank you. Thank you for listening, for acting, and for giving. We appreciate it greatly. Wild Utah's theme music, What's Worth, is composed by Moab singer-songwriter Haley Noel Austin. Our interlude music, Chuck's Guitar, is by Larry Pattis. Post-studio editing and production is by Laura Borshevsky. To stay informed about current events at SUA, visit us at SUA.org and click on Get Involved to discover how you can join the movement to protect Wild Utah. To receive information and alerts via text message, text the word Utah to 52886. Again, text the word Utah to the number 52886. Follow the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Protect Wild Utah. And be sure to subscribe to the Wild Utah Podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. Visit sua.org forward slash podcast for additional ways to subscribe and to access our archive of previous episodes. On behalf of SUA, I'm Dave Pacheco. Thanks for taking the time to listen. We hope you can join us for the next episode of Wild Utah.